my heart and in my life today. I want a touch from the Lord that only comes from Him. In Jesus' name. Clap one more time as you're seated. You can be seated. When was the last time that you were in such a deep presence and a deep move of the Lord that it made you forget everything that was going on in your life around you? There have been times that I have come into the house of the Lord and that I would be so burdened down, I would be so heavy laden with cares and problems and situations. But when I would get in the presence of the Lord before I would leave, when I would kind of come out of that, I would say, you know, I forgot everything that was going on in my life that was wrong in that moment in the presence of the Lord. When was the last time someone significant uh, God made himself so known in your life that you forgot what you were going to do on Monday or Tuesday or that week, that the presence of God was so amazing that it made you forget the Tigers and the Lakers and the Saints and the deer stand and the bass boat or the golf course. When was the last time that the presence of God was so overwhelming that you absolutely lost track of everything that was going on in your life. I believe that we are going to experience that kind of outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this community before the rapture of the church takes place. I believe God is going to pour out His presence in such a way that we are going to be lost in worship and adoration to the Lord. Andy Dillard said that reverence and awe has been replaced in the church with a yawn of familiarity with God. The consuming fire has been dwindled down to just a little flickering candle to add just a little bit of atmosphere to the church house with no blinding light, no power for purification. Does anybody have the foggiest idea of the power that we are calling on when we lift our voice and we begin to call on the name of Jesus. We have no idea. A lot of times the ladies on special occasions are wearing hats in the church. We've had hat Sunday around here. Sometimes that will happen, but we have no idea that if the presence of the Lord were to really show up in this place that we wouldn't need hats. We'd need life preservers and crash helmets because if God ever really shows up, we won't know what to do with him or to do with ourselves if his power is so strong. Do you understand that when you read the book of Isaiah, he is crying out, woe unto you, woe unto you. For the first four chapters, it's woe unto you and woe unto you and woe unto you. But when the Lord and his presence shows up and his train fills the temple, Isaiah quits worrying about your problems and your sins and your misgivings and your 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 operational issues that you're struggling with in your life. And he says, woe is me. I want a presence of God to come so strong in the house of the Lord that we don't even realize what's wrong with the people around us that all we recognize is I'm in such a blinding presence of the Lord that all I see are my problems. You want to know what revival really is? It's when God gets sick and tired of being misrepresented that he shows up himself and shows you who he really is. It's amazing that when you read the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus chapter 20 that it starts off in verse 3 with you shall have no other gods before me. God isn't speaking to pagans and atheists and people who don't believe in him. He's speaking to his own people. 
And when he speaks about idolatry, he's not talking about just the worship of idols. He's talking about people who know the true God, that they've seen his power, his miraculous hand. But he wants to make sure that they don't ever get to the place that they dumb him down and water him down. But he wants to make sure that we always remember, no matter what valley I'm walking through, that his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And as far as the heavens exceed the earth... That's how high his thoughts are above our thoughts. God didn't start with don't lie, don't steal, don't kill anybody. He begins with you don't have any other gods before me. And that was always Israel's problem and that's America's problem. We bow down at a lot of altars. But I'm not preaching about false gods today. The commandment was not simply for people in the pagan temples. It was for people who knew God but have the danger of making God into an idol. Do you understand that he told us don't ever try to make a graven image of me. I don't ever want you to think that you can take a piece of wood or stone or gold or iron or brass and you can fashion something that looks anything like me. Because let me tell you, friend, when I show up, you ain't never seen anything like me. You build a golden calf if you want, but that will never replicate who I am and what I am and what I can do when I show up. God is so beyond us, he is so far beyond us, that if we ever come into this place and start calling on his name, that if we would show up and begin to praise him in a way that he would really let his presence come into this place, friend, you wouldn't be able to stand on your feet. You wouldn't be able to lift your hands. All that would be left of you and I is just a massive heap on the ground, weeping and crying and hiding our face because his presence is so strong that we buckle under the intense weight of his glory. John was standing up looking at everything on Patmos but when the Lord himself showed up on that island and John saw him for who he was he said I fell down on my face and pretended like I was dead. I'm afraid that we have limited God to a goosebump and a hair standing up on the back of our neck. I want you to know the God that I serve is so powerful. We come into his presence and we sing our favorite songs and we get that little numbness on our shoulder and our face will get a little numb and we'll feel a little doodad on our arms and and we think, oh my God, I'm in the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you what, if you ever get in the presence of the Lord, the real, genuine, Shekinah presence of the Lord, the weight of glory, the light of his presence, friend, you won't even remember what song. You'll forget to look at the lyrics. You'll forget what key we're in you'll start singing off key because if you ever get in the presence of the Lord it will blow your mind I want to take you to a passage of scripture in the book of Job and we're going to read what Job's response is to a young man that's trying to tell him who God is Job begins to speak, and it's the last verse in chapter 26 that we'll key on. But I want to give you a little context in verse 14. He said, lo, these are parts of his ways. This is just a thumbnail, a swatch of what God is and what God can do. 
but how little portion is heard of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand or who could stand it if he really showed his power? What Job is saying is, I'm so overwhelmed when God just kind of breathes in my, in my general direction. Forget if he would ever thunder his voice. Forget about it. Right in the midst of his suffering, right in the midst of his pain, he's going through. There's a comforter that shows up and he said, I'm going to tell you, Job, who God is. Let me tell you about God. It's a man called Bill. Dad. And, and he's there to tell Job's what all the textbooks say about God. And this is what he learned in Bible college and seminary. This is what I know, Job. This is the book we just read. Let me tell you, Job, in my estimation, who God is. This is what Bildad says. Dominion and fear are with him. He maketh his peace on high places. Is there any number of his armies? And upon whom doth his light arise? Just a little omnipresence he's talking about. And he begins to form this argument and it sets Job off. It lights Job up. It aggravates him. He said, how can a man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Behold, even the moon, and it shineth not. Yea, the stars are not pure in his sight. How much less a man that is a worm, and that is the son of man, which is a worm. And Job gets upset, and he's going he's to train this new Bible college student. Bildad's just a young man trying to counsel the man that God called perfect and upright in his sight who lost everything but still maintained his integrity. Listen what Job said. And Job answered and said, How hast thou helped him that is without power? How savest thou the arm that has no strength? How hast thou counseled him when you don't even have any wisdom? And how hast thou plentifully declared that thing as it is to whom thou hast uttered words and whose spirit came from thee? Job's about to teach him a lesson. He said, dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. And I'll tell you that hell is naked before him and destruction has no covering. Bildad, let me take you into a little bit of the hell that I've been in. As strong as the devil is, as strong as temptation is, when it comes to the presence of God, the devil is just sitting there naked and afraid. Let me tell you something, young man. You think you know who God is and you think you know how powerful the devil is and how strong hell is. When it comes to the power of God, hell is just sitting Indian style, naked and afraid at the presence of the Lord. He's so powerful that hell can't even match him. It's not even a contest. It's not God versus the devil. The devil trembles when God speaks. Behold, the devils believe in one God and they tremble. Satan that this world is so afraid of. Satan that this world stands in fear and, and, and they, they just tremble at the presence of Satan. Job said Satan stands there naked in the presence of God. He said he stretched out the north over the empty place and hung the earth on nothing. He takes this planet and he stretches out this invisible cord and he hangs the earth on nothing. He takes the planets and the stars and he hangs them on nothing. He hangs the celestial bodies and there are no strings attached. Matthew Henry said the most powerful man 
man that ever lived couldn't hang a feather on nothing and yet God takes this world in his hand and he hangs it on nothing He bindeth up the waters in the thick clouds, and the clouds is not rent under them. He holdeth back the face of his throne, and he spreadeth the cloud upon it. He said nature belongs to him. Listen, let me tell you, I don't care what the school books say, there is no mother nature. There are laws that God set up that govern nature. Mother nature doesn't exist. There's no mother nature whatever. It's the laws that God set up, and nature obeys them every second of of every day, of every month, of every year, of every century. He said the pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. He divideth the sea with his power and by his understanding smiteth the proud. By his spirit he garnished the heavens and his hands formed the crooked serpent. He looks at the sea and the sea quietens down. He breathed out of his nostrils and the Red Sea opened up. The pillars of heaven tremble. He said he set up the boundaries of the light. And one side of the earth is dark. And the other side is light. And when the other side is light, God did that. And Job said, I want to tell you how great God is. Everything that I just told you are the fringes. It's just the thumbnail. This is just God breathing. This is just God whispering. Job said, imagine if he thundered. If he did all this with just a, imagine if he opened his mouth and began to thunder out. He said, creating the worlds, the universe, the Milky Way, that was just God's whisper. The rain, the sun, the heavens, the earthquakes, the planets, the stars, the animals, uh, that's just the breath of God. Who could stand in his presence? And this is what he says. uh, How great God is. Let me tell you what's going on. Uh, He said it's just God whispering. Uh, God doesn't have to shout. What do I need to be afraid of? Uh, The psalmist said, what can man do unto me? Uh, Paul said, uh, for what are we afraid? Uh, For if God is for us, uh, who can be against us? It's just a whisper. I want you to listen to me. Can you imagine Moses the night before the Passover? I, I had, Dad and I had lunch yesterday with Brother Cox and Brother Harper after the funeral. And they were, you could tell, they were just so consumed at camp meeting and starting this weekend. I would be too if I had all these people descending upon Tioga, Louisiana, man. Well, I've, I've, I've had to be over a few camps and things like that. And friend, you got to think about everything. And I could tell they were a little strung out thinking about all that's got to take place in the next week at camp meeting. But can you imagine Moses the night before the Passover God's told him, we're getting out of here in the morning and you've got to provide for over three and a half million people every day. Moses will need 1,500 tons of food every day just to feed the children of Israel. 1,500 tons, that's like filling two freight trains two miles long. That's how much food they need every day to cook 
the food that they need every day. They need 4,000 tons of firewood in a desert just to cook the food that they have. If they only had enough water to drink, not to bathe, not to wash, just enough water to stay alive, it would take 11 million gallons of water every day. When we're in Sunday school, we see the little picture of Moses with the, the little rock, and he smites it, and there's a little water faucet there with a little water coming out. Friend, they needed 11 million gallons a day. You're not getting that out of a little rock and a little faucet. They needed a lot. Enough water to fill. You've seen those tanker trains that, that carry the liquid? You would need one 1,800 miles long full of water just to give them water for one day. That's how much water you needed. To get across the Red Sea that the Lord opened up in one night, if they went in a small double file line, the line would have been 800 miles long and required 35 days and nights of constant walking to get across the Red Sea. But the Bible says they went over it in one night. For that to happen, God had to open a space in the Red Sea three miles wide. Listen, my God don't play. To get across in one night, they had to get in a 5,000 abreast line. They had to line up 5,000 across to get across in one night. And not only that, just to set up camp, they needed a landmass the size of Rhode Island, 750 square miles, just to set up camp. Do you think Moses was back there in Egypt going, we need water, we need food, we need to cross the Red Sea? Moses had no idea idea what was getting ready to happen but when God opened that gap in the Red Sea three miles wide he did it all for 40 years he took care of them for 40 years every day and you're wringing your hands worrying about a bill that just came in They walked around for 40 years and their shoes never wore out mine won't last 40 days their clothes look like they just came off the rack. Their clothes never wore out. When their kids grew, their clothes grew. When their feet grew, their shoes grew. And you're in here today wringing your hands about to have a nervous breakdown, worrying about a bill and a doctor's report when my God has this, this kind of power. You're sitting here going, my child, my spouse, it's too much for God. I'm telling you, if all of that was just God whispering, imagine what would happen if you'd get him to speak in your situation. It's all I can do sometimes not to lose my Holy Ghost. When I come in here, and I, I've been on my face talking to the Lord and God showed me all of this. And we come in here and we look like Rover is, is dying of heartworms back at the house. We come in here like we don't have anything in the world going our way.
We come in here and we, we, listen, it'd be okay if you went to Walmart like that. It'd be okay if you went to Texas Roadhouse like that. It'd be okay if you went to your job like that. But when you come in here in the presence of this God and you've got a face a mile long and you can't even smile. What shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you anxiety? It doesn't matter who's against us. God is whispering. Listen, we're not broadcasting today. We're still working out the bugs. So it's just us here. And folks won't know this unless you tell it. Please don't backslide. Please don't throw a songbook at me. But I have been to games, sports games. I repented, but I went. I've been to LSU games. I've Megan's children's choir, kids' choir at school sang the national anthem at a, at a Pelicans game in New Orleans. I went to that. I, I was in the Superdome, the night Drew Brees broke Dan Marino's record. I have been in these sports atmospheres where the ground is literally trembling under your feet from the praise and the worship of those people. That one time at LSU, they, they made a big play to win a game, and it literally, in, in the geology department, it registered on the Richter scale as a massive earthquake. It's amazing how excited people get over nothing. I've been there, and the screen lights up. Make noise! I'm going to talk with Brother Craig and see if we can get it on this big screen. Make some noise! Defense! 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 Jesus! Jesus! I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm sorry. You can sit down. Brother Jerry Dean, pastors in Bossier City, I think I told you this. He got so aggravated at his church because they wouldn't worship and they wouldn't praise. You ever drove by the car lot and seen those inflatable men? He bought one and put it in the choir loft. And every time this church read, you won't worship and won't praise and won't get, he got a remote control. He named it Judah. And he'll hit it. And that thing... And he's like, if you won't praise him, God's going to raise up a rock that will praise him. (laughs) 
Brother Scotty, the Barna Group, they are a, a church metrics uh, organization. It's the guy that, that his group own Lifeway. They're part of the, of the evangelical movement. And they just came out. They do all kind of church metrics. They, they keep tabs of all kind of things, giving attendance, the trajectories, the trends. And they just released a statement this week. And they said 15 years ago, out of church people, people that call themselves evangelical Christians, 40% of them attended church at least four Sundays a month. 40%. Now, that's pretty bad. Less than half even made four services a month. And that's not, that's just pick one service on a week and go. 40% 15 years ago were doing that. The new study that just came out this week that says of the people that call themselves practicing evangelical Christians, only 10% attend at least four services a month. One out of 10 Christians will make four services in a month. They said that you could literally have the same number of membership on your roll, but every Sunday you're looking at 30% less people than you have because people are not going to the house of the Lord to worship. They're finding millions and millions and millions of other things to do and not go to the house and worship. Do you understand that, 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 the, and we'll get back to this, but I, I've been there. The, the player didn't heal me when I was sick. When I gave my money for the ticket, they didn't turn around and help me pay my bills and bless me and put groceries in my refrigerator. They didn't come to my house and say, hey, I made $20 million this year. Let me take care of your rent for you. They don't heal our sick children. They don't provide the vehicle that we get to church and to work in. They don't fill our cabinets with food. But we come in here and the one that does all that for us, we won't praise him and we won't worship him and we won't be faithful to him. Do you understand? He saved you. He changed you. He performed miracles for you and your children. And he did it all with just a whisper. Just remain standing. Let me tell you, sweet Pentecostal, something. This is so powerful that we get to come together and worship this God. And pray to this God. And, and, and talk to this God. Brother Luther, he came to me last Sunday and he said, I went for my, my, my checkup that I always go to. And he said, the last time I went, the doctor found four spots on my brain on the MRI. He said, I, I didn't know what they were. He said, all right, we're going to come back in a few weeks, few months. We're going to look at these again. He came down and we laid hands and prayed for him. When he went back, all four spots were gone. Michael Jordan can't do that. Donald Trump can't do that. Bruno Mars can't do that. Only Jesus Christ can do that. I love worshiping God. I love praising and magnifying the Lord. Do you know that we serve a living God? I'm going to say that on this side. We serve a living God. A live God.
a couple years ago, he came in here with his Bible, and I noticed he had something sticking out of it. And it was an envelope. And I, I, I stopped him, and I said, what, what is this envelope? He said, this is a bill that came in that I don't have money to pay. I said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, I opened my Bible to that scripture that says, my Lord shall supply all of your needs according to his abundant riches and glory. And he said, I put this, these bills that I can't afford to pay, and I stick them right there. And he said, you know, the Lord always makes a way. I want you to know Bobby Jindal can't do that. John Bell Edwards can't do that. William Earl Hilton can't do that. But the God that we're worshiping, he can do that. And not only can he do it, it's just a whisper. It's just a... Y'all want to see something funny? Y'all get Mason around a birthday cake or a candle and ask him to blow it out. That's, I just sometimes I light stuff and say, blow it out. He goes, that's what God does. That's how he opened a red sea. The writer said it came from his nostrils. Now, I, I can't blow a balloon up with my nose, but I can blow one up with my mouth. It's hard, but I can do it. But he blasted open a three-mile-wide swath of the Red Sea with just a, just breathe out your nose. That's how powerful he is. Do you know the hell that's fighting you right now that's trying to destroy your marriage and your family? When you stand that devil up in the presence of the Lord, he falls down and begins to shake and tremble. Job said he's he just exposed and naked before the Lord. He's nothing to God. The Bible talks about this war that went on in heaven. I, I, I'll tell you. The Bible says that Satan fell as lightning. I don't know how long God let that, that little rebellion go on. But when he decided it was over. And he wanted him out. He fell like lightning. God just... And like lightning, he hit the earth. I'm talking to people right now that you think you're facing mountains and insurmountable obstacles in your life. You think there are family situations that are beyond the scope and the ability of God to fix. The Lord sent me here today to tell you that that son that's going to be cooking your head, Brother Michael, in a little while, that my head and your head, we got to wear hats and I got to put sunscreen on my head. It's like cake icing. I got to put so much on my head. That that God that created that son, he did that with just a... All those billions of galaxies and stars, he just went... Just a breath, just a whisper. But I saw something in the Bible. It says that the Lord himself, himself, and he's not sending somebody else... He's coming back. 
and Brother Muse, it says when he comes back, he's not coming back with a whisper. He's going to descend with a shout. Now, if he did all of that with a whisper, when he comes back, friend, do you understand? I, I wondered why every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. When the Lord comes back with a shout, he's going to scare this world literally to death. They're going to hit their knees. They're going to begin to weep and cry. The Bible says they're going to run to the mountains and they're going to beg the rocks. Fall on me. Cover me up. I can't be in his presence. It's too strong. It's too powerful. God sent me here today to remind you that you're not serving a weak God an anemic God, a crippled God, a paralyzed God, a stricken God, a handicapped God, a disabled God. You are serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I want you to take your problem, your issue, your situation and walk down here and say, God, I don't need you to speak. I don't need you to shout. I don't need you. All I need you to do is just whisper in my direction and everything's going to be all right. All I need for you to do is whisper in the direction of my lost child and everything's going to be all right. All I need you to do is whisper toward my cancer and everything's going to be all right. Just whisper in my direction and everything is going to be all right. Come on. My God is great and greatly to be praised. Let me hear your voice. Water, you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. I don't know what hell you're going through, but God is greater. I don't know what struggle you're going through, but God is greater. I don't know what situation is alive in your life, but God is greater. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against you will win. No enemy that comes against you will profit. God is going to take care of you. If our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, 
I want to share something with you that I've never heard anybody else say. I was just kind of talking to the Lord about this stuff with Job. And, and I really thought about it. I've never heard anybody else say this. And I said, God, I said, what made it Job so special to you? That he has, the Bible says he has his heads around him. Sister Tess, that the devil is just pacing around the perimeter, looking for a way in, but he can't find a way in to touch anything of his. And I thought, how awesome would that be? Sister Teresa, to have that head. And I said, God, what made Job so special that he has this head? The Lord began to deal with me and speak to my spirit. And he said, that's not unique to Job. He said, you've got that hedge around you too. He said, those people in that church that are blood washed, called by my name. He said, they've got that hedge around them. I've never heard, I've always just believed that was unique to Job. But God said, he's no respecter of person. And if the devil comes against you, it's only because God's got him on a leash. And he says, this is as far as you can go. The devil's a mad dog, but he's on a leash, and Jesus is holding the chain. And the devil can only go this far, and God yanks the chain and says, no further. I'm telling you today, what are you worried about? There's a wall around your marriage. There's a wall around your kids. There's a wall around your life. The devil just doesn't have access to you. If you're fighting the devil today, you better understand that he's on a leash. He said, all right, I'll let you touch him, but you can do A, B, and C. You can't do X, Y, and Z, and you can't take his life. Well, the devil just goes nuts, but he can only go so far. God had him on a leash. And anytime he would get up to that barrier, the Lord would just yank the slack out of the chain and say, this is as far as you can go. You can touch this area, but you're not getting this area. You can mess with this, but guess what? I'm only going to let you do it to show them that I've got power and authority over you. And when they've had enough and they call on my name, I'm going to pull you out of their life and close the gate. And you're not going to touch them again. I wish you would lift your hands and thank God for the hedge right now. Don't you understand that if the devil had his way, you'd have been dead a long time ago? Don't you understand if the enemy had his way, that disease would have took you out five years ago? But he's on a leash. Lay your hand on the shoulder of someone beside you right now and tell them, pray for them right now in the spirit and say no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. No weapon formed against your health. No weapon formed against your marriage or your family or your job is going to prosper. God's got the devil on a leash and he's got you behind a hedge.